The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? All systems go, Dan. Ready to go. Uh, So, you know, yesterday I was talking about this attack coming on the First Amendment. Folks, there is a tidal wave, a storm coming ashore here from uh, the far left, and they are going to use us. They are. They're going to use us to attack, dismantle our free speech uh, rights. They're going to use it through commercial vehicles like Twitter and Facebook, and I'm seeing it already. Uh, I'm going to get into that. It's important because I'm going to explain to you how it's going to happen. I I did a lot of homework on this last night. I pulled a couple of really good pieces um, that I think explain the problem really well and how I think we're going to have to fight back because there's a serious problem. This Cambridge Analytica story about Facebook and, you know, how the Trump team abused Facebook, Joe. Meanwhile, the Obama team did it even worse, in my opinion, um, yeah. is just it, it it's it's opening Pandora's box. So be very, very careful. Don't fall prey to the left uh, and their and their tricks. These people have been uh, they, ever since the fairness doctrine went away on the radio. They've been very upset that they can't control speech. Remember that, Joe? Yep. You were I in sure. radio with the Fairness Doctrine, right? If you, the Fairness you Doctrine, bet. correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, you had to present on any you know controversial political topic, whatever they deemed to be political, you mm-hmm. had to present opposing viewpoints. Yeah, yeah. So if you had like a Rush Limbaugh on, you had to have uh, you know a, a Tom Hartman on or some liberal. Yeah. And what wound up happening is a lot of uh, radio stations just stayed away from politics altogether yep. as a result, right? Yeah, yeah. We had to, I remember dealing with it, yeah. Yeah, it was a mess. Now, that went away, the Fairness Doctrine, decades ago. And ever since then, the left has been on the march to control speech because that's what they do. Um, all right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Quip. Listen, this is one of the coolest products. Um, I, let me just explain to you how this works. So for those of you interested in podcasting, when you get new sponsors, you know, because you want to obviously guide your audience in the right direction and tell them about a product, you should have some experience with it. So they usually send you a sample. So one of the coolest things Joe and I get from being in this industry is being a lot of cool free stuff hey! from a lot of cool companies. Yeah. Matter of fact, I got a um, a holster from a new company yesterday. A holster company to be on board for that. It was just uh, incredible. I really appreciate that. Very nice. But um, you get a lot of great free stuff, you know, for food and stuff. But one of the coolest I ever got, coolest products, is this Quip toothbrush. Matter of fact, I got it, and I didn't brush my teeth with it first, but I was messing around with it because it was so sleek and cool. And it's a, it's the toothbrush. The way it works hmm. is, it's an electric toothbrush. It vibrates so quickly, you can feel it vibrating, but you can't see it vibrating. So I'm, I'm messing around. My daughter's like, "Can I have that?" And I'm like, "Well." All right, whatever. So she took it, and she loved it so much, I went out and bought my own Quip toothbrush. My own money. I probably could have asked the company, Joseph, (laughs) for another free sample, but I didn't want to be a cheapo. It is the coolest product out there. It feels like a power washing for your mouth. I'm not kidding. My wife is inside, if she could hear me. Paula, am I making this up? I said, listen. See? She's like, no, he's not making it up. I said, you have to buy one of these. You have to buy one of these. You... It's not even like the dentist's office feeling. It's even better. I haven't even got there because this is such a cool product. Listen, when it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of the day. Quip knows that. They combine dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of those bulkier traditional electric brushes. And guiding pulses alert you when to switch sides. It's pretty cool. You, you'll, you, it tells you when to switch. You, you'll, it's so cool. Making brushing the right amount of time effortless. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's going in your gym bag or your carry-on. And because uh, it cleans your mouth, it should also, uh, excuse me, and because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule. This is nice because you don't have to think about it. Delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide, daddy-o. Yeah. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Buy it and you'll see why. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year, but Quip did. Find out for yourself why. Here we go, folks. Here's what you got to do. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to GetQuip, that's Q-U-I-P, 
Like quit with a P. Get quip.com slash Dan right now. You'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Dan. Getquip.com slash Dan spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Dan. You will love this thing. It is awesome. (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) All right. There's a storm coming. Yeah. An article in the show notes today I thought sums it up really nice. It's uh, from The Spectator. It's an older article, I don't know, three, four months ago. But it is really, really good about the internet storm brewing to control your free speech, folks. It's happening. They are already looking, and they are leveraging Republicans to do it. And as always, sucker Republicans are falling right in line. Now, as I said to you before, once we lost, uh, once the fairness doctrine went the way of the woolly mammoth, the fairness doctrine, which, as I said to you, controlled, basically controlled radio speech because radio stations didn't want to be involved in politics. They had to express opposing viewpoints. Nobody wanted to be uh, the subject of some FCC litigation. And like I told you, Joe was in the business when this went on. Yeah. A lot of radio stations were very hesitant to get involved in politics at all. When the fairness doctrine disappeared from the landscape, of terrestrial broadcasting, the explosion of conservative talk radio happened because then you were free to put Rush Limbaugh on and right, Joe and Sean Mm -hmm. Hannity and Mark Levin. And you didn't have to put a kooky liberal on the air too, who nobody gave a crap about. Now, listen, liberal podcasting does very well, folks, to be clear, pod save America, pod save the world, which is done by a bunch of former Obama people. Um, as Joe and I said, I disagree with them. Yeah. I fight with them on Twitter whenever I can. But I respect their, uh, you know, platform. They can, you know, you know, I'm, su- I'm surprised it does as well as it does, because in general, um, liberal radio talk shows, oh, don't do, yeah, they don't do very well. Awful. I mean, you remember Joe when they tried Air America? That was exactly. that liberal talk radio yeah. network, and it was an it was an abomination. Exactly. It was it, the thing lost money from day one. I know people who were involved in it who are in conservative radio now who shall remain nameless, but it was it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Air America. Liberals generally did not take to talk radio, but they do seem to be taking to podcasting. And let me just be crystal clear. I have no issue with that at all. I am a big R rights advocate for all platforms, even really dumb ones like a lot of liberal ideas. But go for it. Do your thing. And they've been very successful. Um, NPR has a very successful podcasting network, um, but we've been successful, too. Uh, our show, Ben Shapiro, Steve Crowder, um, Econ Talk, which I talk about all the time on the show, Andrew Clavin, Michael Knowles. There are a lot of very, very successful, even um, liberals who are very sane, rational, and good guys like Dave Rubin, who has a very excellent show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he is d- definitely not a conservative, but he's a very smart, rational guy who uh, is, is very respectful of conservative ideas. Folks. The far left cannot have this. I'm not talking about Democrats. So, you know, a lot of moderate Democrats are not trying to suppress your free speech. The overwhelming majority of radical liberals are desperate to bring back the the fairness doctrine in any way, shape or form to keep conservative ideas off the air. And the way they're going to do it is a lot is, is by using this Facebook thing. And a lot of what's going on right now is a vehicle. Here are the two avenues and the spectator article uh, I put in the show notes sums this up. Uh, Number one, net neutrality. Folks, I have warned you about this repeatedly. I always, I know I'm going to get it now. I know Joe's giving me the, I know. Yeah. This is like, there are a few things I bring up that I always, always, always get. Whenever I talk about the death penalty, I get hundreds, if not thousands of emails on it, which is cool. I read your emails. Like I said, this is not a show. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always open to different opinions on things. I've learned a lot. Uh, from you emailing me. But when I talk about net neutrality, I get overwhelmed with stuff. I'm telling you net neutrality is, le- is <laughs> whether you believe it or not, net neutrality is the vehicle by which liberals, liberals are hoping conservatives join them to introduce the government as a regulator. That is all they need to do. When they get the government involved as an, a regulator, you get what I call the Chuck Ecker effect. Joe knows Chuck Ecker. He was a former Howard County executive, Howard County being in Maryland. Chuck Ecker was a Republican, and he was a very smart guy. Mm-hmm. 
I call it the Chuck Ecker effect because I got into a conversation with him one night at a, uh, a this thing called it was like the chocolate ball or something. I don't know. It was a charity event. But you go there and they serve all kinds of chocolate. It was, it was kind of it was a pretty cool event, actually. And I get into a conversation with him. I was running for office at the time. And he said something to me that changed uh, changed me forever because it was so brilliant. We got into a conversation about why introducing the government into anything ever is bad. Yep. And how government, once you give them power, it will never, ever, ever go away. Matter of fact, it will grow. And he said to me, Dan, the reason government always grows is because there's no power in yes. There's no power in yes. There's no power in yes. Brilliant. There is only power in government's ability to say no. So whereas net neutral, neutrality advocates on the Republican side of the fence, there are some, uh, shocking, I still can't believe it, will come to the argument and say, well, Dan, this is different. You know, if once we allow the government uh, in there, they're going to level the playing field. Do you really want... ISPs, internet service providers, to be to be able to discriminate on they use by the way the terminology of the left discriminate we call it pricing mm. but discrimination is a leftist term but that's the terminology Republicans will adopt some of them to get you to believe in this they will say don't you want the government to create a level playing field for companies to, uh, to be able to broadcast their content over their you know the internet service providers who have monopolistic control which is not true um over the pipes of uh, of the internet and it, at first it sounds like oh okay that sounds legitimate mm. folks the government, whenever they are introduced, whenever they are introduced into a medium, takes that power and uses it promiscuously over a number of other avenues as well. In other words, what I'm trying to say here, let's say let's say Joe works up at his radio station at his radio station. Uh, the, the, the government regulates whatever the the water that comes into the radio station and has some kind of a, a control and, and, and regulatory mechanism over the water coming into the radio station. Right. That's right, Dan. That's right, Dan. What Joe doesn't want to do is get on the bad side of the local government through content in the radio station because all of a sudden the the radio station finds itself on the uh, receiving end of a government uh, lawsuit or a government um, initiative because they're using too much water in violation of the water regulations that the government imposed on the radio station. You're like, wait. Oh, no. Oh, no. By the way, we've had a request to bring back uh, Donnie Brasco and oh, Spider-Man sure. drops. Yes, just so you know, Joe, there have been people emailing. What I'm trying to tell you, folks, is government power is promiscuous. You may think that the, the net neutrality debate is about them keeping a level playing field about what uh, what Netflix can charge and what other uh, what other content providers can charge. That is not what it's about. It's about the government's power to say no. It's about the Ecker effect. Once the government can say no. All sorts of other things start coming into the equation as well, mm -hmm. because you have to get to yes. Oh, you're you know you, you you're Facebook and you want to build a whatever a factory in the United States somewhere to whatever produce Facebook T-shirts. I don't know what the hell it is. You want some kind of federal tax deduction to that? That should have nothing to do with net neutrality. But let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. Do you really want to be on the bad side of the government knowing on the net neutrality debate if it's something liberals are pushing and they're in charge? Oh, hell no. Hell no, you don't. Because all of a sudden that tax deductions that be, that's being debated amongst liberals, that tax deduction goes away because you're on the wrong side of a completely, air quotes here, Joe, separate issue, net neutrality. Oh, the Obama administration supports net neutrality? And what, Facebook has a different position on net neutrality? Hey, how about that tax deduction we were talking about for all those factories you were building for Facebook t-shirts in the United States? Yeah, we're going to vote. No on that, because there's power in no. Bingo. Does that make sense there, Daddy-O? Sure. Absolutely. How, I, it astonishes me how many Republicans don't get this. Government has the power of promiscuity and promiscuous power that private entities don't. 
I have a, a, a contract with a pest control guy. Flor- I love Florida. It's the greatest place on earth. But one thing about Florida is the bugs here are prehistoric. They are. They they eat humans. They are man eaters. And you, you sometimes you have to go out there like that that Steve Irwin, that crocodile hunter guy, God rest his soul, with a spear to fight off the I'm exaggerating, of course. Florida is the greatest place on earth. I recommend highly if you're a conservative, you move down here. If you're a Northeast liberal, please don't come down here. I'm, I'm, I'm begging you. Please stay up north and ruin your own states. I'll get to that later. <laughs> don't ruin my state now. I love this place. But the bugs down here are they're they're dude, they, they may suck the blood out of you pints at a time. Who? I have a contract with a pest control company. If I don't like that pest control company and they piss me off, it has nothing to do at all with the landscaper. Okay? Right. In other words, if I fire the pest control company, the landscaper, the house painter, whatever it may be, the garbage collection guys, the sanitation folks, they're not going to say, hey, you know what? Uh, next week, we're not picking up your garbage either. As a matter of fact, we're not going to paint your ass. matter of fact, we're not going to send water to your home either. Well, Wait, what? They can't do that. Government has a monopoly on force. Government is a monopolistic, near hegemonic power in some respects. Government can do anything they want because their powers are so broad. You piss them off in one silo, they get you back in another silo. This is why the net neutrality debate is, to to me, is such a big deal and why I'm thoroughly astonished that Republicans jump on board with this. Now, I hope I'm not losing anybody here because I'm talking about a current events, very specific case. And this spectator piece that I have in the show notes is fantastic. The fact that it's a few months old shows to you that this is not a new problem either. Cambridge Analytica, which was a company, just to be clear, that used Facebook to assist Trump and their campaign in marketing their campaign, During the primaries, they dumped them during the general election, which makes the story, by the way, even more embarrassing for the left that's trying to make this some huge scandal. They are going to use this again to to advance a net neutrality agenda that's going to be used to introduce the government as the supreme regulator. And once they regulate and get the landscaping contract for your house, everything's in jeopardy too. the water coming to your house, the pool guy who services your pool, Mm. the fertilizer guy who fertilizes your, your the trees in your house. They're all in jeopardy because the government controls all of them. Do not fall prey to this. That is tool number one to bring back the ideological control over the idea space that they lost with the advent of Fox News on cable and with the dumping of the of the fairness doctrine. You see what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. They lost control of the space. Liberals shift quickly, folks. I'm going to cover a lot of turf in this show, but it's an important, important show. Liberals move seamlessly from the political space to the cultural space. Conservatives don't. We focus heavily on, by the way, Andrew Breitbart understood this, and that was the genius of Breitbart, how politics is downstream. But a lot of conservatives don't get this. What liberals lose in politics, and they lose often, they lose governorships, they lose state houses, they lose the presidency, they lose the House of Representatives, they lose the Senate, they've lost all of this. They're not okay with it, but they move seamlessly into the culture space. They engage in culture wars. What I mean by culture wars is they use mediums of mass communication transmission to get their ideas across by controlling them. Yeah. Uh, Movies, Hollywood movies. That's why I said to you last week, the importance of going and buying a ticket to that movie, I can only imagine which... Big round of applause, $17.1 million in ticket sales. They anticipated $2 million. Good for you. I bought a ticket, didn't even see the movie. All right. You make those damn Hollywood actors act in our movies. They ain't acting in theirs. You got a liberal message? That movie ain't going to sell. We're going to tell you what you're going to act in. You're going to dance for us. Entertain. Are you entertained? What is that? The Gladiator movie? That's what we're going to do, damn it, because we dance. We have to get better at the culture wars. Why? 
Because as I told you, the liberals now have lost political power. They are going to move into the culture space, and the culture space has to be hegemonic for them. They cannot have competing ideas because their ideas suck. They are awful. Their ideas, give us more of your money, raise your taxes. We can't have any kind of school choice. Turn over your health care to the government. Heavy regulation, big government spending. Do not sell. These are enormously minority views. Maybe 20 or 30% of the population at best subscribes to that kind of ideology. Religion's awful. Families are terrible. Spend more in government. This, these are minority views. You see where I'm going with this, Joe? The liberals yeah. can't have opposing ideas to that out there because once the stupidity of the liberal platform is exposed in the media, in academia, on talk radio, on television, and in movies, once the futility of those ideas are exposed, liberals are embarrassed. They're embarrassed by their own ideas and they know it. You can't do good gaslighting like that. You can't do... Well said. Gaslighting. Lie repeatedly. Isolate people from the truth. Boom. Tell people a myth repeatedly. High taxes are great. High taxes are great. High big government's great. It's a benevolent force. But it only works if you isolate people from the truth. Once people see the truth about the deadly effects in some cases of big government in places like Venezuela and other places, once the truth is out there, the collapse of the Soviet Union, what a big, hegemonic, powerful government does, the idea falls apart. So the liberals move seamlessly into the culture space to control the battlefield of ideas. Facebook, Twitter, talk radio, television, movies. They hate Fox News. Why do you think the liberal war on Fox News never ends? It's daily. They have people at Media Matters who sit in their mommy's basements all day and watch Fox News waiting to be outraged about something me, any commentator or show host says. I'm not kidding, folks. This is all they do because they have to control the space. That's the culture side of it. But you may say, Dan, this sounds very macabre. So they're going to try to suppress us on Facebook, suppress us on Twitter, suppress us on YouTube. But they need political power at some point to do it. I mean to formalize it. They're obviously already winning the culture war on Twitter where I've been banned from running ads and many other conservatives. They're winning there. But in order to formalize it, because why, Joe? And I mentioned this yesterday, and this is important. This is a critical show to listen to. I know I'm packing with a lot of information, but it's very, very important you understand this. The social media companies are worried. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Um, The social media platforms and information dissemination platforms, that's what we'll call them. They're concerned about something, Joe. Mm -hmm. They're concerned about lawsuits because they don't want to lose a lawsuit eventually. Now, it's going to be tough. I'm not saying, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough road to hoe, but they don't want to. They want to be protected from any kind of um, legal and financial liability for doing what they're doing in this widespread ideological war. Mm -hmm. Now, again, it's a private company. They're free to do what they want. I want to be clear on that. But lawsuits terrify these companies. They want to be protected because they want to be protected. From conservative ideas, because they're liberal companies, Joe. Believe me, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, if they could do it tomorrow, would wipe conservatives clean. Yeah, big time. A hundred percent. They could not care any less. They want you out of here, right? But they need to be protected. So at some point, the culture war they're waging, that you conservatives are crazy, you're a bunch of kooky, wacko gun nuts, you're all out of your mind. They want that enshrined in politics legislatively. Let's rewind now back to how we started. Now, does it make sense how they're going to use this Trump use Facebook to get elected to bring and haul Facebook up and they're going to play the victim for a little while? Facebook. Oh, look what happened. Oh, my gosh. The Trump team took data. The Obama team did it, too. Shut up. Trump team took the data. What are we going to do? Listen, man. Maybe we should really look into this net neutrality thing. And, you know, net neutrality will introduce step one. We'll introduce the government as a regulator. Once you get them to landscape your property, they control the pool and everything else. And that introduces step two. Ding, 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 which is going to be the 1996 Communications Decency Act. What the hell is that? Even Joe's like, huh? What? Huh? 
Read the Spectator piece. There's also a really terrific piece in the Wall Street Journal today. Unfortunately, it's subscriber only. But it covers the same ideas, which is interesting because the pieces are separated by months, which goes to show you that I'm not the only one thinking about this. No, no. The 1996 Communications Decency Act, what it did was Section 230 shielded internet companies that have a presence on the internet from liability for the content, Joe, on their platform. You have something there? No, no, I'm just trying to remember oh, this because that's yeah. what I'm pointing I see my head, you yeah. thinking intuitively. Oh, by the way, folks, one thing. I'll get back to this, I promise. I hate to interrupt the show, but this is really funny. Did you see the email I sent yesterday? Yes, I did. You know how I always accuse Joe of fictitious crimes, felonious mopery oh, in the umpteenth degree, you know? aggravated hibernation in the 42nd degree. I make stuff up for Joe as he's a fictitious criminal. Yesterday, Joe was uh, caught coughing on the show, but Joe has a a, uh, a button there to <laughs> pot himself down. So what did somebody, Joe, aggravated coughing aggravated in the 110th of, degree? Yeah, of, of a potentiometer uh, of, or something like that. <laughs> that was great. Joe, poor Joe, he's been arrested uh. for every fictitious crime in the book. All right, so getting back to this, so this Communications Decency Act, first they introduced the government in net neutrality as the regulator. You need that first. Don't be a sucker. Then you use the Decency Act. Now, you may say, I don't get it. If you're saying that the the um, Communications Decency Act of 1996 shields these companies, well, what's going on now? What's going on now is there's, a, there's currently legislation up on the Hill to start wiping out that exemption from legal responsibility. Like, in other words, let me explain this better, Joe. If you at joearmacost.com yeah. and people comment on your site, and let's say in one of those comments, somebody puts up a, you know, a, hey, come buy illegal drugs from my place, Tony Bag of Donuts. You're not responsible if something were to happen there because it's, you know, you can't control what happens on the site yeah. outside of what you post for yourself, right? Right. right. Which, folks, is sensible. They're starting to now reconsider Section 230, and one of the crimes they're looking to get rid of the exemption for is sex trafficking. Now, I listen, I get it. If you're listening to the show, you're probably like, that makes a world of sense. Yeah. I mean, no one wants to facilitate sex trafficking on the website. Folks, I understand that. But are the companies, Joe, yeah. responsible for what people put up on their websites, even if they do that? You can do your best to police it. Of course, companies have an interest of wiping that stuff out. Yeah. But I, I, once you're talking about legal liability for that, you're opening up Pandora's well, then, then box. you can SWAT the website, more or less. You know? The- yeah, but, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. a great way to describe it. Swatting the website, meaning you could go there, say you didn't right. like the website, and just start posting negative stuff about that yeah. for the purposes of someone suing them later. Yeah. Folks, these questions are not as... We can't be like liberals and get lost in the immediate emotion of it. Of course everybody wants to stop sex trafficking. That's point absolutely stipulated. The question is not that we want to stop it. Is is this the best way to do it? So just follow me here. That is one of the exemptions they're talking about now that they're wiped to wipe clean. So now you wouldn't be exempt. The problem is once you open that door, Joe, then next it's going to be drug sales. It's going to be uh, right. You name it. It's going to be money laundering. It's going to be, you know, um, prostitution mm-hmm. services. If this all sounds great. Yeah. You know, websites should be responsible. Really? Do you have a website? I do. You want to spend your entire day policing the comment section or anything else or from from content people post on there? Folks, this is serious stuff. I'm telling you they're going to use this as a vehicle. This is this is not conspiracy stuff. The left the left is already out there advocating for this. Net neutrality, get the government in the door. The camel's nose, Joe. Oh, yeah. Under the tent. Get the camel's nose under the tent. Eventually the whole camel's sitting there with you. Introduce them as a regulator. Start wiping clean the exemptions. Now what's step three? Because I haven't summed this up for you yet. Step three in the left's war on free speech on the internet is going to be to do what the European Union does and enact hate crimes legislation. Oh, dude. Dude. Remember the Rob Schneider YouTube clip? Dude. The 5,000 different ways to say dude. You see a serial killer around the corner? Dude. You're confused. (laughs) Dude. This is one of those, I'm really confused. Dude. Yeah. Introduce hate crimes legislation, 
where people can be prosecuted for air quotes here, hate crimes. And people are like, oh, we should hate crimes. We got to hate crimes will be defined by the government, not you. All of a sudden you start advocating for lower taxes on your Facebook page. Hate crime. Facebook. Facebook loves this because Facebook will say, we don't want to be guilty of the Communications Decency Act violation under Section 230 hate crimes. You're barred from Facebook forever. Yes. There it is. There it is. There it is. Folks, I'm not making this stuff up. Read the Spectator piece. It is so it says basically it's in the journal piece again today. I am not the only one saying this. That is why I need you to be very, very, very careful and on the ball when it comes to liberal tactics here. They're going to play out over the next few months, the liberals, this little game where they call up Facebook up to the hill and Facebook, how dare you help Donald Trump get elected? And and, and Twitter, how dare you? And, and, and you know what? The, the liberals are going to play this up. Facebook is in on this. So is Twitter. They love this stuff. They love it because then they get to work with these same liberal legislators on wiping clean exemptions, get some hate crime stuff passed. Next thing you know, there will be no conservative on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or anywhere. Anywhere. Advertisers will be uh, will be uh, pulling out of Google ads. If you have a conservative web page, no one's going to want to advertise on your page because what happened? Someone posted a comment on his page one time that violated a hate crimes act. Oh, we don't want to be associated with that guy. No more for him. I've been warning you about this. Folks, the fairness doctrine crushed them. It crushed them. They need a return of the fairness doctrine. They, they need it like a Friday the 13th movie. They need it to Jason. They keep coming back and back and back. They keep trying different ways. That is why I'm warning you with every ounce of passion I have in me. And I know I'm going to get a thousand emails on and that's fine. You know, I, I, I by the way, if you're going to one quick thing, email me. I read them. I love them. My website is on. The, my website has our email address. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to email me to tell me you stop listening, then just stop listening. You don't have to email to tell. I get it. There are some people, It's I, I hate to say that, Joe, yeah. but it's interesting. Like some people get so offended at an idea that doesn't comport with their, you know, with their thinking. Yeah. Whereas I'll read yours. I, I, I mean, I'm happy. I put my email on the website for a reason so I can hear what your opposing point of view is. I learn a lot, believe me. But if you can't handle opposing ideas and this bothers you, then I don't know. You're going to have to find a website and, or another podcast that jumps around and comports with every single ideological worldview you have. You know, I really mean it. I, I There are people on that death penalty show I did. Man, I got some brilliant scriptural analysis from people. Uh. That re- No, Joe, I'm telling you, it was great. It was mind I love it. Thank you. Yeah. But if you're going to email me and say, hey, I don't agree with you on this, don't, 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 then don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm here to tell you the, the truth on how I feel. I'm not going to lie to you. But I am sure of it, absolutely sure of it, based on my understanding of how the left works, that they are using Republicans here. They're using them on the net neutrality debate. They are going to use you on this Communication Decency Act thing. Pretty soon we'll have hate crimes legislation and Facebook and Twitter will have a reason to boot your cabooses off their platform forever. I've never been more sure about anything. And in case you think I'm making this up, by the way, this war on free speech, there's a case in the Supreme Court being heard today about uh, about the First Amendment issue. Now, it's a little different, it, but uh, my so the point of that whole opening was the left's war on the First Amendment. The fairness doctrine hurt them. They didn't know, they no longer earn, owned earned ter, excuse me owned terrestrial radio. Right. It was the explosive growth of the Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, uh, Mark Levin generation of talk radio people, which kills them. It kills them because millions of people get opposing ideas. They're going to try to regulate the internet, but this is all a war on the First Amendment. The left hates the First Amendment. Don't believe it for not Democrats. The liberals hate the First Amendment. The First Amendment is a war of ideas. They don't want a war of ideas. They just want their ideas. Case in the Supreme Court now, Joe. Uh, NIFLA, it's a it's a uh, NIFLA. It's an acronym for a, a it's an organization that runs these pro life pregnancy centers where you can go in oh. and get counseling if you're involved in a crisis pregnancy. Right in California, these pregnancy centers that are pro life were forced to put up signs advertising abortion. Yeah, yeah I remember that. How you remember this? Case? Yeah. This is in the Supreme Court today. 
NIFLA versus Becerra, who is the attorney general for uh, California. I think that the uh, state of California is going to lose badly in this case. You cannot force a pro-life pregnancy center to put up a sign advertising for abortion. They are going to lose badly in this case. But it goes to show you, Joe, the left is not interested in free speech. They're interested in their speech. And if you dare, if you dare open up something like a crisis pregnancy center to advocate for life, you will be forced to put up their view, too. Yeah. And they will try to put you out of business as well, because that's what they do. Right. It's going on right now. I'll update you on the case, by the way. But uh, we don't expect, obviously, a ruling in it for a while. But the arguments are being heard today. Um, all right. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at iTarget. I uh, love this product. One of my favorites. It's a it's a uh, listener favorite as well, based on the audience feedback I get. Folks, firing a firearm, God forbid, the event you need to do so. You have to be accurate with it. Uh, whether you're a hunter, a police officer, a military Uh, military personnel, uh, enlisted, an officer in the military, or you're a first-time firearm owner, it's our responsibility to learn how to fire proficiently and accurately. One of the best ways to do it is what we would call dry firing. Dry firing is safely pulling the trigger on an unloaded weapon. Check it, check it twice, check it three times. The way we used to make sure it was unloaded in the Secret Service, you rack the slide uh, on a semi-automatic. You rack the slide to the rear. You look, you look away, you look away, you look back again, you you look back three times, you look and see that safe and empty chamber, finger probe with your pinky, not with your thumb to make sure it's empty. And then you dry fire a safely unloaded weapon. And what it allows you to do is pull the trigger, practice your trigger pull, and practice your sight alignment. Sometimes I used to put a dime um, on the end of the, the SIG 229 we had. And if you anticipate, the dime would fall off. So it teaches you to kind of pull the trigger and let that shot go off by surprise when you're live firing. And when you're dry firing, it just teaches you to control it the right way. This will take your dry fire practice to the next level. Uh, matter of fact, I was talking to a, a friend of mine yesterday on the phone who's a uh, assisting me in uh, writing a writing a book and she's like listen i really uh i'm angry at you i'm like you are she goes no i'm very angry i'm like what did i do i thought she was serious she goes that eye target thing and i'm like oh what is she gonna tell me she goes my husband won't put it down i'm dead serious <laughs> this thing is accurate. it's like a video game for you but it teaches you how to fire proficiently what do they do they'll send you a laser round you put it in the firearm you have now you don't have to make any manipulations you have to do anything to it when you pull the trigger on your dry fire, it'll drop on this this laser round and it'll emit a laser onto a target and it'll show you where the rounds would have went. Go pick this up today. It's a great way to really uh, take the proficiency of your firearm, uh, your firearm actually to the next level. Go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Use promo code Dan, my first name, for 10% off. It's a nice savings. itargetpro.com, promo code Dan. Okay, um, uh, quickly on the the Austin bomb, uh, the Austin bombs, I should say at this point, this looks at this mm. point to be a serial bomber. Yeah. Um, but yesterday on my NRA TV show, which airs nightly at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time at nratv.com, it's on Roku and Amazon Fire as well. Please check it out. Thank you for all the feedback on it. I do interviews, which I, Joe and I don't do as a matter of practice right. on this show. We may one day, but... Um, Especially if we find someone interesting, we just, I find talking to Joe more interesting than talking to a lot of other people. But I had, uh, and I, I, you know, I, I don't say this often because I don't want to cross contaminate the shows. I try to do different shows for both. I had an interview yesterday on NRA TV, Joe. Yeah. The show is there at the website. You can see it yesterday's show, which blew me away. My wife was like, that's the best interview you've ever had. I had uh, Johnny Joey Jones, who is an American patriot and a hero, United States Marine Corps veteran, uh, bomb technician, uh, tragically stepped on an explosive himself and was injured quite horrifically. But you will never meet a more optimistic, positive guy who left literally portions of himself in an overseas battle zone fighting for our flag. And he talked about this Austin bombing and told me some things that just blew me away, describing how, you know, mercury switches and anti-disturbance devices and trip wires and how this is a really sophisticated bomber and how the investigation will proceed afterwards and how everything from fingerprints, uh, you know, fingerprints don't vaporize in these things. They can still pull fingerprints off of these things. It's a fantastic interview. Uh, I, I don't mean to do a commercial for my other show, folks, but it's really, really good. Go check it out if you can at NRATV.com. 
Uh, we started at about the 10 minute mark of the show. It is really illuminating. And uh, this Austin bombing thing is really troubling. Uh, and right now, f- forget the motive right now. Let's just get the guy. We'll get to the motive um, later. All right. Um, this is one of those stories that really upset me. I don't mean to kind of leave you in a bad mood, but I was reading this story at the Wall Street Journal today about the Obamacare. And I know, you know, some of you are like, oh, we still talking about this. It's, this story is about Obamacare, Joe, but as always with liberals, it's really not. And I took a note on this. You know what this story is about? Mm. It's about no guts. It's about no heart. And it's about preying on ignorance. What is going on right now with Obamacare? This is this story is really going to upset you. So get ready. All right. There's a big debate going on with these spending bills in Congress. They're getting ready to pass over cost sharing versus tax credits. Let me make this simple for you because I hate when people make stuff boring. The way Obamacare was designed was tactically brilliant, sick, tragic for us, mm-hmm. legislatively horrible. But it was brilliant. They did things in Obamacare that they knew cowardly Republicans would always be afraid to fight back against. What do I mean? They instituted in Obamacare unconstitutional cost-sharing payments. And what these cost-sharing payments are, Joe, they are basically payments from the United States government Uh to health insurance companies to offset out-of-pocket costs for low-income folks. So if you're a low-income, let's say Joe was, which he's not, but let's say Joe was poor, didn't have a lot of money, and Joe signs up for an Obamacare plan, Mm -hmm. an Obamacare-compliant plan, if Joe's out-of-pocket costs for that plan are, say, $5,000 a year and Joe doesn't have it, if the insurance company offsets that to a degree, the government will pay back the insurance company. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a yeah, it's a scheme. I see the look Joe's giving me the look. I'm not it's a horrible scheme, yeah. but that's what it is. Government pays insurance companies, insurance companies offset some of the costs for their low-income consumers. Now, there are tax credits in Obamacare as well. The tax credits are you get a basically a government payout to buy an Obamacare plan. Even if you are middle class and above, if the costs go up as a percentage of your income, as the costs go up, you get more money to the government to pay those costs. So the way they set this thing up is tactically genius. There's a big fight going on right now. And if I lose anybody, of course, Joe. Yep. Got to stop me. But Will do. There's a big fight going on. The government now is proposing, and Republicans included, are proposing $30 billion to pay to the insurance companies for these cost-sharing payments, to pay off insurance companies, to pay off low-income people. That's bullshit. That is. That is. That is. But it's happening right now. And it's happening. It's going on right now. Now, keep in mind, it was $5 billion. Now it's up to $30 billion. Now, now I'm going to confuse you. Get rid of you know what this is? Do you play baseball what, yeah, at all? Yeah, a bit. This is the hook. Okay, this is yeah, the curveball. Yeah. Yep. You see that? See it. It's yep. fastball. This is the curveball. Yeah. When you can see the side of the wrist, it's the curveball. Yeah. You see the front of the palm, it's the fastball. Okay, this is the curveball. Liberal groups, I didn't say that wrong. Liberal groups oppose these cost-sharing payments. Uh, wait. Wait, what? This is a big one. I'm dead. You <laughs> know I saw him going around for the soundboard. I'm like, I know what he's doing. I could tell. He was giving me the motions there. The Red Fox heart attack. They actually oppose it. Now, that makes no sense if you're a regular listener to the show because liberals love the government spending money anywhere. I mean, that's why would they oppose cost-sharing payments to insurance companies? Well, the reason they do, Joe, is because they set it up in such a way that if those cost-sharing payments are made, insurance companies can keep their premiums down, the premiums they charge you. And if they keep those premiums down, the government won't have to give tax credits or give money to people to pay for those additional premiums. Now, I don't want to ask you this question. I want to set you up, and I can tell this is confusing. This is. But I'm going to ask my listeners for a second. Where do you... 
I'll, I'll ask you a simple one. All right. Liberals, do they want to spend more or less government money? They, they like to spend government money. I'd say they want more, to spend more. Right, yeah. more. It's, a much, it's not a trick, I promise well, you. Right. Liberals want to spend more. Yeah. So what do you think, Joe, spends more government money? Spending money on cost-sharing subsidies or spending money on tax credit subsidies? What do you think spends more? If liberals oppose, they, let me, if liberals oppose cost-sharing right. and prefer tax subsidies, which one do you think spends more? Uh, tax credits. Yes! Yep. Bingo! I, I'm not messing with no. you. Yes! That's why yep. they oppose cost sharing. The Obama administration set this up. So win, ah, double barreled <laughs> middle finger. Win, you lose, lose, ah, double barreled middle finger. You still lose. <laughs> When the taxpayers lose thirty billion, lose they lose fifty billion. You get the the genius of these guys. Wow. Yeah. Now you think I'm making this up? Here's a quote from the Wall Street Journal piece. There's Joe Coffin again, although you didn't hear it. Poor guy's dying there. This is from the Journal. They're talking about this week's government spending bill. The question is whether a deal can move as a part of this week's government spending bill, and the politics aren't hard to understand. Health insurers, listen to this sentence. This is going to piss you off mightily. Mm. Health insurers are telling Republicans, what is this, a threat, by the way? That without cost sharing and reinsurance payments, they're going to announce huge premium increases right before the midterms this fall. House Republicans, and I'm improvising here, cowards, are thus looking for a quick fix to lower premiums and are holding up the Senate for the $30 billion in reinsurance. What a freaking scam. So now health insurance companies are saying, hey, uh, daddy-o, here's how this is going to go down here, okay? You're going to give us that 30 bill, you know, like Tommy Two Times from Goodfellas, right? <laughs> or Joe, Joey Two Times, whatever his name was. They like they they have this is like a mob hit, uh, like a, like a shakedown here, right? Uh, yeah, you want to put that sanitation contract outside of our network here? Yeah, good luck. I hope your your shop doesn't burn down. So you're going to give us this thirty billion in cost sharing, or not only are we going to hike premiums right before the midterm to ah double barrel middle finger, uh, you guys, uh, right? Not only are we going to do that, you're still going to wind up paying more for the tax subsidies you have to give people Jeez. to pay for those increased premiums. Is that not? Re- I is know. Is that berserk? Yeah, it, 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 it is. This is like this is an abomination. Wow. Now, I've been following the reinsurance plan and cost sharing for a while. Those of you mm-hmm. regular listeners, we've done, you know, 20, 30 minute segments on this. But now let me turn back to how I started this. I started this by telling you that I wrote in caps here. This is not a story about legislation. It's not even a story about cost sharing. It's not a story about tax credits or Obamacare. It's a story about no guts and no heart and preying on ignorance. You know what they should tell the one Obamacare is clearly a disaster. We get that. Why can't these legislators just grow some nerves once in a while? Really grow a spine and a backbone. Get out in front of the American people and just explain this to them in common sense terms how they're all being hoodwinked by Democrat hijinks. This is a scam. It's a ransom scam. These insurance companies now have us by the you know what? Because that's right. That's exactly how it would sound. By through these payments, here's what they want from us, folks. They're demanding a thirty billion dollar payout of your money, or they're going to hike your premiums. You know what? We should call their bluff. Don't you think, Joe? Call their bluff. You wanted Obamacare. You love this. We're calling your bluff. We're not giving you thirty billion of our money, and we're not giving you the tax subsidies either. All right. How about that? Well, you may say it's part of Obamacare that they would have to get rid of that legislatively. But you go ahead. Raise premiums. We're not because either way we lose. Either we pay you our tax money or we pay you premium money. Either way, it's our money. Why doesn't anybody have the mm, to go out and say this? They're cowering in fear. Oh my gosh, if we don't give them the payments, they're gonna raise premiums. 
Oh my gosh, that we had a Valley Forge generation and a generation of uh, uh, you know of, of World War One and World War Two veterans with such heart and spine, and now we are subjected to the whims of these spineless blob-like lawmakers up on the hill who are terrified of the truth. Oh, we can't tell. Gosh, look what's going to happen. They're going to raise premiums. Oh, you wusses! Will you just tell the truth for once? Just keep voting to get rid of this thing. Let the Democrats vote again. Take a bill up to get rid of Obamacare every day from now to the election. Every day. Yeah. Take a, Start a new bill every single day. <laughs> get Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan on board and do whatever you got to do to get these bills out of the hopper once a week, once a month to get rid of Obamacare. Tell the insurance companies you're not getting a dollar more taxpayer money. Listen, I'm a free market capitalist, Joe. This is not the free market. All right. This is a fake free market. What, the health insurance companies are threatening us now? And tell them we're going to pay every week. And let the Democrats say no and vote it down every single week. And then when your premiums go up, you can point out to the 55 different votes or whatever they were, or 25 or whatever votes the Democrats took to not get rid of this disaster. Oh, my gosh. I read this story. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what a bunch of wusses. Now, and, and, you know, Joe, just to be fair here, yeah. I am obviously, if you listen to my show, not a fan of Bernie Sanders. Right. But I get now how some of these young kids get suckered into believing Sanders is against this kind of stuff, which he's not. Yeah. Because he spoke out against, you know, the green. This is it. We're going to fight for the free market as what? We simultaneously defend a bunch of crap companies that are doing the Tommy two times Goodfellas act on us. Give us your money or we're going to hike your premiums and get more money from you later. You know, win, we win, you lose either way. Lose, we win too. They got, you know, a coin with two heads on it. (laughs) Flip, I take heads. Yeah, of course, you win either way. My gosh, really upsets me. Um, All right, moving on. But that, it's just really annoying. They... We're always on the receiving end. Mm -hmm. Hey, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at FilterBuy. There's a lot of screaming and yelling on social media out there about the environment. A lot of these screamers and yellers, though, scream and yell about our industries polluting the air, but they do nothing to change their air filters. You don't want to have clogged air filters. When I moved into my house, they were clogged up. They were like concrete. It's a simple thing, changing your air filters, but it can make a huge difference in the air you breathe at home. Listen, we all need these things. I'm asking you to go check out this company. They're terrific. They'll deliver them right to your door. You don't have to go to the local hardware store and dig through it. You just go right online to filterby.com. That's filterby.com, and you pick out your filter, set up auto delivery. You never have to worry about it again. They are America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. You got a small business, these are your guys too. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all ship free within 24 hours. Plus, they're manufactured right here in the great old USA. Filter by offers a multitude of MERV options all the way up to hospital grade. So you'll be removing dangerous pollen, dust, mold, other allergy aggravating uh, garbage right out of the air and will maximize the efficiency of your system. Right now, you could save 5%. When you set up auto delivery, which is great because you'll never have to think about air filters again. Save money, save time, breathe better with filterby.com. That's filterbuy.com, filterby.com. It's family-owned business. I really like them. They've been a great sponsor to the show. Uh, you need your air filters changed, folks. Go check them out, filterby.com. All right, um, last story of the day. You know, I told you repeatedly about the exodus from liberal states and how the exodus is getting worse. Now, the problem with this, and I tweeted this out the other day in the gym and I meant it, one of the great puzzles of my lifetime, Joe, um, and the way, you know, can I just go back to something? Yeah. I said before with the Obamacare story that no guts, and obviously I was talking about politicians, but when I said they plead, you know, they, they, they thrive on ignorance. They really believe that people can't understand the conundrum I told you about, cost sharing. They can. Yeah. You're just afraid to explain it to them. That's what I meant by that. I didn't want to leave that open-ended. But it also plays into this next story. The exodus from California has gone up dramatically. 138,000 people uh, are net lost to California. There's a story in CNBC I'll have in the show notes today. I strongly encourage you to read. Not just because people are leaving California, folks. That's an old story I've talked about repeatedly. 
But the CNBC story is really good because it talks about the reasons people give. Because, Joe, in the past, Mm -hmm. when you and I have debated this with people, right, about people leaving Maryland where Joe lives and New York where I grew up. I lived in Maryland, too. People, liberals will say, Joe, oh, well, people leave for all kinds of reasons. It's not necessarily the taxes. Okay, well, now we have the reasons. We have the survey. People left California, Joe, for Arizona, Texas, and Nevada. Largely. Other places as well, but that's where the most of them went. Conveniently, states run uh, largely by Republicans. Now, the reasons cited. Number one, cost of living. Number two, housing. Another prominent reason, the California gas tax. California also has five of the top 10 most expensive rental markets. And IRS data, Joe, shows the people leaving California are middle class American working folks. Now, I only bring this story up, folks, because do you understand how this story entirely refutes the liberal premise that one, they're in it for the little guy and two, their economic vision is an economic vision for the middle class. The middle class are leaving. Read the CNBC piece. If what you're saying is true in this bastion of liberal values, California, where you are virtually unchallenged by any conservative anywhere at the statewide level, there are small pockets of conservatism at best in California at best. There is no significant state wide presence in the conservative movement at all. Zippo. Your ideas reign supreme. You know what also reigns supreme? U-Haul. <laughs> people are leaving. 138,000 people evacuated your state. So I tweeted out in the gym the other day, one of the great conundrums of my lifetime, something that's always puzzled me, is how, at least on the East Coast, Northeasterners move down here to Florida, where I live, and have for the last three years, and then vote Democrat as they simultaneously complain about the same Democrats who ruin the states they live in. I don't get it. I don't understand why you wanted to escape hardcore liberalism in action to go and vote in hardcore liberalism down in a state that doesn't practice it because you believe that state that doesn't practice it provides a better life for you than the state that does. Does that make any sense? So liberals, you're supposedly in it for the little guy, the little guy who can't afford a house, can't afford to drive his car for the gas tax, and can't afford to live cost of living. Living, C-O-L. The cost of living is too high. You can't even exist in this state based on the income you have. You flee it in droves, and then you vote this stuff in as you leave and go to other states. I don't get it. What gives? Again, this is a basic... Folks, I don't know any other way to say it. It's just pure ignorance. There are liberals who do this, who I believe, Joe, genuinely don't understand that the policies they have enacted in the states they left are solely responsible for their destruction of their own lives. I really don't think they get it. And I don't think they get it to tie it back into story number one today because liberals are so overwhelmingly effective in the culture wars, academia, entertainment, television, just about everywhere you go. They are so overwhelmingly effective in the culture wars that they have managed to gaslight people, as Joe said, and isolate them from the truth, that they actually believe that the reason they're leaving their states are because someone someone else did it, just not the liberals. It makes no sense. They believe, and you may say, what are you talking about, Dan? I have argued with people when I used to radio host up at CBM where Joe works in WBAL. I have argued with callers who I'm not kidding. Remember that guy used to call Tom Marr, God rest his soul, I forget his name, Leo or something, Joe? He used to call in all the time, Baltimore, that has not had a Republican elected in the city council since the 1930s. He used to call in, I'm not kidding, and blame Republicans for the demise of Baltimore. That is how effective the Democrats' control over the culture is. You remember that caller, I forget his name. Fred, 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 yes, Fred, yeah. Fred, uh, Moore used to, that was, those were the best, I love Tom Moore, Tom used to eat him up and he'd call back all the time, Fred, 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 <laughs> they would go at it, Fred was convinced Republicans ruined Baltimore, yep, F- folks, just like Californians leaving, I'm guaranteeing you, because the Democrats own the media and the messaging, and they've isolated people from the truth, 
Disgruntled Californians, I'm sure, are convinced somehow greed, capitalism, and the Republican ideas somehow ruin their states. Yeah. That is why I am begging you to return to story one, to do not be a sucker for this net neutrality, upcoming push to regulate. And they're going to try to get conservatives. They're going to say, they went after Dan Bongino on Twitter and Facebook. We need a government regulation. And, every, you know, suckers who don't understand what's really going on are going to be like, yeah! get them! Freedom! Like Braveheart. Don't be a sucker. Don't use my name or anyone else to invoke a government response. It is a disaster. Once the government knows is under the tent, trust me, this will not end well. And when you read the spectator piece, he closes it by saying exactly that. This does not portend a good ending for conservatives if we introduce government control. Because they win the culture war and they will move right into the political space when they get political power back. And it's going to be you who gets booted off the internet. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please check out the show notes at Bongino.com. I really appreciate it. If you subscribe up, uh, to my email list, it means a lot to us. helps us get the message out. And uh, check out my show tonight, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, nratv.com. It's live. Thanks a lot, folks. See you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at dbongino.